Andrew McCarahan, it's very brave of you to enter the man cave. Is it all what you thought it would be now that you're inside? No, this is blowing the top off my expectations, boys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> see, yeah. we, he does that to every single person that comes on. I'm just like, oh, man. Please. <laughs> yeah. like, Do you like being inside my like, man cave? Do you like being in here? You know, that uh, that old school mentality of not backing down. And when you get hit, you hit a motherfucker back. I like it. That's why I call him <laughs> Coach Hunter, white chocolate, baby. <laughs> I, I think what it boils down to is when people look at this chubby white guy and they find out that I ran track in the SEC on scholarship, they got to say, shit, I can anything possible. <laughs> That's hilarious. I mean, if I'm in the man cave, shouldn't the, the men be telling me about this stuff? Oh, do, you, do you guys hey, want me to go oh, make hey, you a sandwich hey, real quick? Hey, I'll go make hey, a sandwich. Feminist. Feminist <laughs> right here. We, hey, we needed a testosterone but break in this man cave. We should call it inside the person's cave. Uh, okay, Jane, Jane Ashley it. Slater's here. Here we go. Dude, Sorry, I, I know like her. State, I know what state I live in. Um, um, I actually tweeted uh, over Easter, like for an example, um, I, was, I was reading uh, Luke and, and you know, let's talk about how Mary Magdalene went to the, the tomb um, on that Sunday. And I tweeted out, I said, you know, what's, what's, what, do, what do me and Mary Magdalene have in common? I said, I wouldn't have seen anything in the tomb either. And so, <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. So, so you know, funny. like stuff like that, or just, you know, it, it is funny and it's just kind of like, you just poke fun at things. You know, I, I've done that so, so many times and, um, you know, I, people enjoy it. I enjoy it. So I, I love to do that from a, from a standpoint of just, you know, taking advantage of opportunities I've got. I mean, it, it, it is amazing just to, to see how many people have been inspired by my story and, and, you know, be, me being able to share my story is something I, I, I obviously, um, consider a privilege and an honor. Yeah, it was, uh, it's one of those things that, you know, when you're going through it, you know, luckily growing up in the trailer park, everybody's poor. So nobody really knows who, you know, nobody really knows anything else uh but you know it's bad when the people in the trailer park think you're the poorest one around but uh you know i i say through all of that you know my parents stayed together i mean we all grew up with it for the most part as a player in that game the intensity you i know it's cliche you throw out the records but give us one moment that you remember where you realize this is something different the trash talking, everything. Can you describe? Do you remember one moment in particular? Um, I think I think it would have to be the trash, the trash talking. And Chris Daniels, man, this is a good this guy. Yeah, Chris <laughs> talked so much trash, like leading up to that game about us. Um, so that that's that's one memorable thing, and and probably probably like the athletes, like knowing that you about to face Roy Williams. Uh, B.J. Johnson, uh, those type of guys, knowing that on the other side. And, and one, one, one thing I really appreciated was that they always had really good DBs too. So I could always, I can always gauge myself off of, okay, what, what Quentin Jammer doing? What does Quentin Jammer stats look like? 
Hey, Craig, you talk about cliches as we wrap it up here at those coaching convention. Everyone's first name is Coach. And it's the most bizarre thing I've ever seen <laughs> in my entire life. It's but. a crutch, Clint. You get to that way because they, it's better than Coach. They can't remember anybody's names. No. No. Coach, how you doing? Good to see you, Coach. <laughs> coach, it's good to see you. Boy, you're looking good. Thank you for everything you do for high school football. You know, it's, it's coaches because it's the easiest way of associating with it if they see you. Coach, how you doing? It's good to see you. So they're great people and, and they and they have a difficult task and they love doing it and they help shape lives. One of my favorites of all time was D.W. Rutledge because he said, we have a calling, the, the great coach from Converse Judson, we gotta be more than just a coach. We, we have to help young men uh, with what we do. That's why the, the, the mission statement for the Texas High School Coaches Association is helping coaches help kids. I did make cookies up. up. He said pinky up. <laughs> are you doing normal mimosas with orange juice? Or are you like switching it up with like grapefruit? I like grapefruit. I like grapefruit, brother. I'm trying to, yeah, I'm making it fancy. Grapefruit. Fancy. Why is your voice so soft? Grapefruit is so disgusting. I can't, it's like IPAs, man. I can't do IPAs. I don't like the. Whoa, beers. whoa. You don't like IPAs, homie? Dude, I hate IPAs. I won't. I won't be an I'll never be an IPA guy. I don't understand the bitterness. Like Wait. I don't want to take a drink and then have to like like do the you know uh dumb and dumber uh, drinks of piss. Like like it's I'm not uh there was a replay on ESPN of a certain national title game um that was played in the Rose Bowl on a January yes. evening in two thousand six. What exactly did you tweet about that game involving the Longhorns and Trojans? <laughs> I, I said, I, I think I, I quoted it. I said something like, the blessings of being blind, so I don't have to watch that shit again. I mean, like, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I, 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 and I might mean this. I mean, I truthfully might mean this. I, I, I battled cancer eight times as a kid. I went blind at the age of 12, and being at that Rose Bowl, losing that day might be the worst thing that happened to me as a child. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> that's that. I'm telling you, that's how it is brutal. I I remember being a little kid with my dad there, and those fr oh God, those Longhorns, uh, the whole band with their with their the bells, man, they just wouldn't stop ringing those fucking. Things. I was like, like seriously, like just stop, just stop ringing no. the bells. Like I don't. I need feel to you, it. brother. I feel you, man. That shit annoying. <laughs> Jake and Coach Mose and Aggie from Texas A&M, so he absolutely loves UT. <laughs> yeah, you, you're glad you guys got out of the, got out of that Big Twelve, man. You don't have to see him as much. Is that what you consider a bro hug? Yeah, the brothers, man. We dab up. Hey, you ever seen that Kill and Peel skit when the dude is uh, oh yeah. Peel acting like uh, Barack Obama? Man, that's how the black folks. Are. <laughs> What's up, baby? Show me some love. Show me some love. Get in there. Look <laughs> <Get in> the... <laughs> tight. In other news, in other news, some fucking choreography. Dabbing. Somebody uh, somebody asked our president if, if he's going to pardon Joey Azotic. We have one thing in common. We both played for Coach Herman. So yeah, after I transferred from Sam Houston, after I transferred from A&M to Sam Houston, Coach Herman was the wide receiver coach at Houston. And that dude was fiery bad. How, how was he... As hell, was he still as amped up all the time, running and jumping all over the damn place, going crazy? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, Coach Herman brings <laughs> yeah, definitely. Coach Herman brings the energy. I mean, and he wants the energy every time you step yeah. on the field. 
And that's the cool part. So yeah. it's not a, it's never a dull moment with Coach Herman. It's at practice, you'll see like yeah. guys just flying, like flying, like, bro, we got to play a game in, on Saturday. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, that, that's the mentality, you know, that we had, that we, you know, grew to build it. So, and it helped out tremendously a lot too. Uh, my thoughts on that game, you know, uh, becoming a, <laughs> so becoming a Longhorn, <laughs> kind of, you know, those are the, those are the little brothers, you know. No! <laughs> what you, what we haven't told you is Coach Mo used to play for Texas A&M. <laughs> he was a running back for A&M. <laughs> oh, man. So, that's, so those, Coach so Mo, those you was a little brother. Brothers, so, so, like, so, like. When when you whip when you whip your little brother's ass so much, and they, just get, <laughs> and they just get and they just get tired of it, and they just get tired of it, and don't want it anymore. You know what I'm saying? Then they just give up. That's kind of the situation we're in right now. You know? Yeah. Uh, what is your least favorite photo taken on a certain trip to New Orleans? <laughs> you know, that was a weighted question. Um, fortunately, actually, there there could have been. That could always be a dangerous question. This one was actually not quite so dangerous. Uh, I'm sure, I don't know if Clitch has told you this or not, but he, he loves bringing this up. We got up, it was, you know, seven days in New Orleans, every day's Groundhog Day. You're just going through covering the guys, going to different places, trying to get all these different things. And like the third or fourth day, Clinch just, our, I think somebody left our room open and Clinch came in and I was just getting dressed. I was in boxers and my dress shirt, whatever. And he turns around, takes a picture, and it's me in a dress shirt, boxers, and one sock pulled up to my knee. And I think he has it framed in his house. Like, it's like his favorite that, picture ever. That wouldn't ceiling. surprise me. That would not surprise me I'm one like, fucking bitch, bit. Come on, man. Like, like, don't be taking pictures of me and my boxers in the room. <laughs> that's so clinched, dude. dude. Why is that? That's a, so clinched, though. I shouldn't have to say that. Like, Anthony, no, I, Anthony was part of the deal. That's don't be trying now. Now you're throwing people underneath the bus. He's not here. Can't be be doing that. And he goes, well, we're filming a movie, and they need a they need they need an athlete that can catch footballs, run routes, and take a lot of really big hits, and get paid for it. And I said, who am I getting? Who who these people are going to be hitting me? And he says, oh, right. Who's 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 going to be delivering the hits? Is the question. Exactly. So he was like, "Oh, they're they're probably all going to be X Division One football players, and uh, they're going to light you up, but you're going to get paid for it." So I said, "Sure, why not? I I, I don't like what I'm doing right now, so I'll go do that." <laughs> and uh, so I went to the audition in Round Rock, and you know they had me run some routes, catch some footballs, and I, I gosh, I, I actually surprised myself. I was actually I actually seemed faster than I used to be. Nice. And so they they gave me the role of this what. I didn't have any speaking lines in the movie, but if you watch that movie now, pretty much every single big hit that you see in that movie was me getting the absolute, just my clock cleaned. <laughs> uh, it was probably the most brutal summer of my life. Hey, Chris, now you were showing us in your office there an Akeem Olajuwon jersey, okay? <laughs> so we were having a little discussion here a few seconds ago about, you know, MJ being... <laughs> hands down one of the best players of all time okay and i had to tell my guy big mike here that yes jordan was good but he, jordan knew that if he would met up against them rockets in the finals akeem olajuwon would have tapped that ass and sent him back to chicago packing <laughs> so so the, the the conspiracy theory chris the conspiracy theory that clinch brought up was 
Jordan retired so he wouldn't have to play the Rockets. Yep. Now I said, well, that can't be true because he came back that second year and took Chicago to the playoffs and lost to Orlando, who then lost to Houston. So clearly, he wasn't scared of the measly Rockets. Man, I, Mike, you're, you're touching my heart, man, because here's the, the dream, the dream. I saw somebody, tell him, tell him. I saw somebody post something on Twitter the other day, and it talked about this the the head-to-head Rocket Bulls matches and and what Akeem did. I'm a I'm a big Rockets fan, and and Akeem was I, you know going to University of Houston and watching him play. I mean, you know, it's going to be one of those things in our life. What if? What if those guys? What would have happened? Because look, if, yeah, I'm 47 years old and, and growing growing up and kind of watching Michael. And, Look, being in Houston, you're watching the Astros. I mean, the, the well, you're watching the Astros, the Oilers, and and the Rockets. I was a big Los One fan, but you know some of the things that, that Jordan did in his career. I mean, you just forget about it. You, you think, okay, you know, the playoff runs and and to win those type of games. He said something very profound. I'm going to read it to you guys because I wrote this down the other day. Um, there was a part that he was talking about. They were interviewing him, but he says, you know, as you get older, you look back and and you understand how you became the person you are. I don't think there would. I would have learned the lessons I learned. At, I, I, he says I don't think I would be here without the lessons I learned at a very young age. That's that that this was was with me when I was a kid. And then he just says, "Look, you play the game to win." Period. And that's that's. Yeah. I literally wrote that down. And I shot to both my boys. And I, my kid. ass. That's how you know I'm in my forties. I don't know none of this shit. Is this shit <laughs> come with me? What come with me. 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 You boys have me at two, three in the morning. I gotta go to no. bed by mm-hmm. ten. Shit. Nah, we'll be we'll be home by 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 one o'clock at the latest. Nah. Like, look, dude, old, I'm home man. by. Look, I'm home by twelve, twelve thirty at the latest. I'm starting to make my exit at eleven thirty. You know how it takes a while to say goodbye. Yeah, yeah. Starting to make that exit. At what yeah. point? At what point do you just Irish goodbye, Peyton? At what point you're like, man, oh, fuck it, I'm out. out. All right, listen, listen. It's like it's like, and I hate I hate to refer it to this, but it's like a dog. You know, they 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 pee crouch down right, and so they see another dog pee with lifting his leg, right? Yeah. And they're like, okay, that's how you do it. My guy, Ali, we're out one night. We maybe caught up with him at 1030, 10.45, 11.30, his alarm starts going off, middle of the bar. I think we're in Kung Fu or something. We're on, we're on 6th Street, it's been, a, it's been a night, right? Phone goes off, it's an alarm to go home, and he just Irish goodbye to everybody. Ever since then, I have an 11.30 alarm, and I have learned that I'm out at that point. Irish goodbye, if there's more than three people to say bye to, I'm just out.